Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. Have you ever had a question about diversity and inclusion, but didn't know who to ask or how? Today's show is about just such a topic, at least for me, disability etiquette. Here to guide us today is Sarah Babineau, Managing Partner at Compass Metrics, LLC. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So like I said, you're a managing partner at Compass Metrics. Tell us a little bit more about your background and areas of expertise. Sure. So Compass Metrics focuses on diversity and inclusion from an analytical standpoint. Um, we also write affirmative action plans and work with uh, firms and organizations on increasing disability inclusion as a part of their diversity and inclusion strategies. We find that these three areas overlap oftentimes, and you can get a lot more return on investment by focusing on these three areas um, in all three areas. Okay. So what caught my eye and made me really excited to have you on the show today is you wrote a fantastic column for Legal Management Magazine for the upcoming April issue, so that'll be available at legalmanagement.org. You give such practical, straightforward advice on how to navigate disability etiquette for when you want to help, but you don't want to inadvertently embarrass or offend someone. Walk us through a few of your main points and overall philosophy. I think the, the main point is that disability is still really an asterisk in diversity. When we think about diversity and inclusion, we tend to think about gender and uh, race and ethnicity and LGBTQ status um, and not as much about people with disabilities or military service members. But people with disabilities make up 20% of the non-institutionalized working age adult population in the United States at any given year. So it's a significant, significantly large group of people. Um, and it makes it more likely that everyone knows someone who has a disability, even if they don't know it. It's much more likely that you know someone that has a disability than you know a lot of people um, from other diverse dimensions if you are not also a part of that diverse dimension. So getting good at talking about disability and getting good at talking with people with disabilities will help us bring it out into the open and create a shared language and culture that we can then use not just to talk about disability but to also talk to with other people from other diverse dimensions because disability is one of those it's a very rare diverse demographic in the sense that it's easy to build empathy because we have lived experiences that we can draw upon that help us build empathy. Once we start to build empathy for one person with a different um, situation or a different lifestyle, it's much easier to develop empathy for other people. So something people often forget about is hidden or non-apparent disabilities. So these are things like PTSD or other psychological difficulties or even physical disabilities that aren't as obvious as, say, seeing someone in a wheelchair. It's easy for someone who means well to completely put their foot in their mouth. What's your advice in these situations? Well, I think it's it's just a lot more about coming out of your own head and really listening more than 
we talk. We, first, let's talk about why it's important to think about hidden disabilities. We tend to think about disability as the kind of thing you can see, like you mentioned, somebody who uses a wheelchair or a cane or a service animal. And we tend to think about people with disabilities as having been born with them. But we are an analytics firm, and the statistics just don't bear that out. 71% of people with a disability have a hidden disability. I am one of those people as well. Most disabilities are acquired over the course of life with the prevalence of disability increasing with age. So it's a natural, normal function of the human body that we will all experience if we are lucky enough to live a long life. And one of the things that we need to understand the same way we do with people of color is that people with disabilities are not a monolithic group. There are subcultures within the culture of people with disabilities, and two, the, two of the largest cultures are people with apparent disabilities and people with hidden disabilities. So the best advice that I can give is to just take it, each interaction independently. Don't be afraid to strike up a normal conversation with someone while you're you know, waiting for the train. Talk about the weather or whatever happens to be going on. It's all okay. If the person you're talking to needs help, they will ask. That's the best way that you can put yourself forward is to start just a normal conversation, just to treat a person like a, like a normal person. Um, if you would like to offer to help, you can offer as well. Just make sure that you wait for the answer and that your offer has been accepted before you do anything. Um, people with disabilities are just like everyone else and that we prize our independence, but we will ask for help when we need it. So let's take a step back from the level of what an individual can do on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and your column goes into some of the more specific, um, you know, ways to help or ways of, of thinking or acting. What can a legal manager do to help adapt a law firm or other organization's culture to be more inclusive? So I think the, the biggest obstacle is stigma. Disability is not the same as weakness. We have, that's a major connection that we have to start breaking. Um, disability has been the catalyst for some of the most helpful innovations of humankind, like ramps, um, Blade Runner legs, titanium knees, and, and those OXO good grips kitchen appliances that everybody loves. If not mm -hmm. for the contributions of people who were focused on their mission but had to find a different way to do it, we wouldn't have some of the most innovative inventions of our times. The, and the stigma means, again, we talk about, about statistics, so the stigma about disability meaning weakness is likely the reason that despite the 20% statistic of non-institutionalized of non working-age adults having a disability, lawyers self-disclose disability at less than half of 1%. So 20% of people walking around but it's 0.26% of all lawyers in law firms are willing to self-identify as a person with a disability. This is wow. highly improbable. Um, so the conversation needs to be opened and championed at the top levels of partnership. And there's good reason to do that. Somebody asked me once to quantify the value of a person with a disability. And I think that's a good question. Really, what is the value? Tell me how this is going to provide a return on investment. One of the best statistics that I can give is that um, people, people who are 
self-employed, generally non-people without disabilities are self-employed at a rate of 6.6%. This was as of last year, 2015. People with disabilities are self-employed at a rate of 15%. So what that means is despite the abysmal rates of failure for new businesses, people with disabilities are nearly three times as likely to say, oh, if I can figure the rest of this out, I can certainly figure out how to run a business. And who doesn't want, what law firm partnership or manager, administrator, does not want that kind of person on their team? So That's incredible. A That's a great point. Yeah, and it's a huge opportunity for law firms to either lead the way in this effort or to be left in the dust by our competitors and also our clients. A lot of our clients are facing disability um, at much, you know, including disability at much higher rates than law firms are. We're a little bit in danger of being left in the dark here. So you've, you've raised some fantastic points. We've only got a couple more minutes. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to keep in mind when it comes to interacting with people who have or might have a disability? I guess the best thing you can do is, you know, start to have a conversation with someone with a disability. Make sure that that person is willing to talk to you. I am going to be willing to talk to you about having a disability. If anybody wants to contact me, I'm perfectly happy to share what I know and what I prefer, but everybody's going to be different. So just make the effort to get to know someone and ask them what they prefer, and you'll start to realize how that expanding your comfort zone like that is really only uncomfortable for a very short time, and then it becomes second nature. Sarah Babineau, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us, and thank you to our listeners and subscribers out there. Sarah will actually also be leading a session at ALA's annual conference and expo, which is May 22nd through 25th in Los Angeles, Her session is called Diversity Data Requests, Guiding Your Internal and Client-Facing Efforts. You can learn more about this session and more than 80 others we'll be offering this year at alanet.org slash conf. That's alanet.org slash c-o-n-f. And don't forget to check out Sarah's column in the April issue of Legal Management Magazine coming out in mid-April at legalmanagement.org. Until next time.